0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. My dear brothers and sisters, what a beautiful solemnity this is, the immaculate conception of our Blessed Mother. An awareness of what God has done for her in order that he could do the same for us. That's what we celebrate on this feast. Mary is the model for every Christian of how to live a life for God, how to strive to live free of sin, and full of grace. The very first reading we had today reminded us of the original sin. No? God had given Adam and Eve one command, don't eat of that one tree. And we could, you know, people get into arguments about what kind of a tree it was, and all that's all ridiculous. The idea of this story, this, that God is telling us through the scriptures, is that he is the creator of all things that we have been created out of love by him and he has given us a free will to correspond to that love freely not forced not like robots that's why there's the option that's why there's this command you can have eat of everything but just don't eat of that in other words recognize me as your god recognize that i am your creator do not put yourself before your god because that's what sin does it puts god behind and me in front and so there's the option you see God doesn't want us to love him forced he wants our love to be freely given as his is freely given to us and so the original sin is that humanity here in the names of Adam and Eve but we actually could put our own as well right humanity chose itself over God the fruit looked satisfying to the eye and good to the taste so instead of obeying God and recognizing him as the creator and saying I will love you first Lord I said "Hmm. let me satisfy myself. Isn't that what every sin is? It, it proposes itself as a satisfaction and then leaves us empty and anguished. So original sin is what the Lord then said okay You chose wrong. I'm not going to condemn you. But I'm going to send someone to save you. No? That's why we have this prophecy, the very first prophecy in the Old Testament of the coming of the Savior. Behold, you have done this. You shall be banned from all the animals, from all the wild creatures. On your belly you shall crawl, and the dirt shall you eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between her offspring and yours. He will strike your head while you strike at his heel. That Genesis 3.15 is called the Proto-Evangelium, the first gospel. The announcement of the coming of the Savior through a woman. God wants to restore us to grace. That's the point. He gave us a share in His divine life and His grace, and the choice to choose to live in it. And if Adam and Eve would have chosen to not eat the apple, or the fig, or whatever it was, if they would have chosen to obey God rather than satisfy themselves, humanity would have been consecrated in grace instead of original sin. See, it would have probably wouldn't have all the mess we have in the world. But we chose ourselves. And thus, sin is not his fault. It's our fault that we freely denied him. But God wants to restore us to the original grace that he gave us. And that's why he promises to send the Savior, a son who will be born of a woman, to free us again from sin and restore us to grace. That's what the Immaculate Conception is about. That's why I said be attentive to this opening prayer, because it contains, in a nutshell, what the church believes about the Immaculate Conception. Because did God come to save everyone and his son Jesus? Yes. Well, if Mary had no sin, then she didn't need to be saved. Right? Wrong. Mary, too, was saved by God through Jesus, through his death on the cross. But God applied to her the grace of salvation in prevision of what was going to happen. So, it's not like Mary was free of being saved. No, she was saved, but just... In provision, God preserved her so that he could come through her into the world. And he preserved her from sin in her conception, immaculate conception, when she was conceived. She was conceived without original sin, which we are all conceived with, because we are born into a fallen human nature. But why did God do this? He preserved her in provision of what? Of what he wanted to give you. The very same thing he gave to her, he wants to give you. That's what this Immaculate Conception of Mary is about. God giving her that grace of salvation in order for him to give that grace of salvation to all of the world through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful mystery. You see, when the angel comes down here to Mary and says... Pale, full of grace. In order to be full, something cannot have anything that would say, you know, one more drop. It's missing something. No, if it's full, it's complete. It's, there can be nothing in, else in the way. So that's why Mary is full of grace. She's without any sin, immaculate. On your day of baptism when you received from God the grace of being cleansed of your original sin, and if you were baptized as an adult, of any actual personal sins you may have had, in that very instant that the priest finished saying, George, or whatever your name is, Mary, whatever, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, in that instant, the angel of the Lord could say to you, Hail, full of grace, you have been restored to what was lost. What I preserved my mother so that I could come into the world to give it to you, I'm now allowing you to share in that same grace she received in provision of this mystery. And so the beautiful thing about Mary is that she stayed in grace. (laughs) Sadly, we fall out of it often and we need to come back. That's why thanks be to God he gave us confession so after baptism we can, we can wash off the dirt that we keep piling up on ourselves because of our sinfulness. You know? But Mary said yes and did yes her whole life. She was exceptional. She's a model for us of how we should fight against sin. It doesn't mean she wasn't tempted. It doesn't mean it was easy. The last line of this gospel is very telling. You know, Mary says, Behold I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done unto me according to your word. In other words, I'm not a proud person that thinks, okay, you want me to do that? I'll go do it. No. Lord, here I am. Whatever you want, you do it. Okay? Humility. That's Mary. And then it says this phrase. Then the angel departed from her. Now, it wasn't easy for Mary to then have to Go to Bethlehem to give birth. Flee to Egypt. Now come back to Nazareth. Now see her son almost thrown off a cliff in Nazareth when he comes back to preach to them. Uh, suffer all the things she suffered with him throughout his life. And then watch him die on a cross, crucified, knowing this is the Messiah, the Son of God. No, And yet never doubt it. Here, when she says, how can this be? In other words, explain to me what I need to do. I don't know, man. I'm already betrothed to Joseph. Otherwise, logically, that could be the way you want this done. Is that the way you want that done? No. God will overshadow you with his spirit. And you will conceive. And the one conceived with you will be called the son of the most high. This miraculous birth of Jesus through the immaculate Mary. It's a mystery of love, of God's grace, because he wants to restore all of humanity back to what he meant it to have from the first moment of creation. God wants this for you, for me, for our Christian brothers that have separated from the full unity of the church, from the agnostics that don't believe in anything, or the atheists who say they don't believe in God, but they have to deny him to not believe in him, from you know, the Muslims, to the Jews, to the, to the Arabs, to the, to the Hindus, to all of humanity. He has sent his son. He wants to restore all of us to that original state, that state of grace. And thus, he preserved his mother from sin in order to come into the world to give back to all what he gave to her in provision of this mystery. It's a marvelous thing. It's something we should contemplate more often, not just once a year. No. God wants me to live in grace. God wants to look at me every morning and say, Hail, full of grace, because I strive not to sin. And if I do sin, he wants me to humbly come back to receive his mercy so that he can once again say, I absolve you of your sins. No. In the very name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be free, be full again of grace. No, that's what God wants. Your happiness, your eternal happiness. What is grace? The divine life of God in my soul. My participation in his divine life. And he wants it to be full. And he gave it to Mary in provision of this gift that he wants to give to all of us. What do we do with it? Have we learned that it's the treasure that was found and cannot, nothing else is worth more, so I'll sell everything else in order to have it? Is it the precious pearl that I realize that God has given to me, that I've discovered and, and nothing can take its place, all else in my life is worthless without this? Is that how I consider my life of grace? Or is it easy for me to fall in and out of it, in and out of it, in and out of it, to let it go, to drop it, to be indifferent to it, to to let it get dirty? Maybe it's a time to reflect on that. How do I care for the gift that God has given to me through my baptism into himself of being full of his grace, his divine life in my soul. And wherever I know that I have an area that it's easy for me to stain it or kick it out, well, God, give me the grace to overcome that so that I can live always full of your grace, striving to be like Mary, no, a handmaid of the Lord, allowing you to do in me according to your word. Let's ask God for that grace for ourselves. Let's ask it for our neighbors. Let's ask it for the world. Because there would be peace and harmony. And it's not idealistic to think that if we truly live in the grace of God, we can transform humanity. No, it's what he wants. It's what he wants. But he's given us a free will to choose it or not. So let's not blame him for what's going on around us. Whether it's in our own home, in our church, in our society, or in the world as a whole. It's not his fault. What he wants is that we be full of grace. Let's ask him to give us that, that awareness so that we can strive to live in a way that is pleasing to him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.